Things What Not To Watch is a bad movie review podcast containing strong language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Not to watch, things what not to watch, things what not to watch, things what, what not to watch. It's things what not to watch, yeah. And yes. we're away, okay. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Things What Not To Watch with me, Jareth. And I'm Sam. <laughs> Sam, what are we? Uh, <laughs> what did we watch this week? So this week we watched The Room. Yeah. Now, The Room is the greatest, worst, or baddest movie ever made. It really is. It sort of goes a little bit, a little bit against the ethos of of what we're trying to do here because it, it's notoriously terrible. But I probably encourage a few people to watch it. It is just a stunning film in terms of its badness. It's basically a wild ride of love, sex, friendship, deceit, cheating, lying violence, drugs, football throwing, bad acting, bad camera work, bad directing, hidden messages, red herrings, bad music. It is so gloriously bad, it's good. (laughs) Did you just come up with that on the spot? Yeah, just now. Absolutely outrageous. Yeah. For our listeners who who may not have watched The Room, what's just the general breakdown, Sam? What's the synopsis? The Room is an electrifying black comedy about love, passion, betrayal and lies. It's got five major characters. Johnny, played by Tommy Wiseau. Lovely guy. Lisa, who's played by Juliet Daniel, is the beautiful blonde fiancé of Johnny. And then we've got Mark, who's played by uh, Greg Sestero, who is a young, successful and independent best friend of Johnny. And then we've got Claudette, played by Carolyn Minnett. She is the classy, sophisticated mother of Lisa. And then we've got Denny, who's played by Philip Haldeman, an orphan boy, naive and confused about life, love and friendships. The Room depicts the depths of friendships and relationships in one life and raises life's real and most asked questions questions enter the room and leave forever changed yeah i do feel like a changed man having watched this um so this came out in 2003 the budget was six million dollars quite unprofitable um it actually made only one thousand eight hundred (laughs) dollars throughout its midnight showings in the cinemas across america okay so the guy asked his family and friends to go to the local cinema some cinemas it was only run for literally one show at midnight and then it was moved to a different cinema you know this has become one of those films that now has got a cult following one thing that struck me about it was how many people knew about the room and also apparently there's a bit of a resurgence of of sort of main character being in loads of memes which is hugely entertaining just fascinating to watch this film is because it is just so awful i mean tommy wiseau you know he's the brains behind this operation he's the script writer he actually wrote it he wanted it to be a play on broadway and still still today thinks that he's going to get it onto Broadway. He he's financed, a dreamer. <laughs> yeah, a complete dreamer. He financed the whole thing himself. No one knows much about Tommy Wiseau at all. They don't know where he's from. You know, is he French? Is he Polish? He actually said that he got he raised the money for the film by selling uh, leather jackets that he'd imported from Korea. Chuck in a few reviews. What are people saying about yeah. it? Yeah, so IMDb. So the first one is from Rogancy. This is from 2008. This film is completely worth seeing, even though he gave it one out of ten. It was as if a deer made a mo- movie about human interaction, unable to comprehend what it is to be a human being. Many people actually see this as a real movie and take the acting, story, and dialogue seriously. It's a sad testament to the state of intelligence of some, but that doesn't detract from the movie's awful redemption. Weird how he's just gone for a deer there. Yeah, That's very a bit strange. Of an, yeah, bit of an odd comparison, but yeah, I think um, I've said to said this to you, Jareth, when we were talking about it. It's as if aliens basically thought, right, we're going to infiltrate Earth. 
What's the best way we can do it? Let's do it via Hollywood. We're going to implant one of our own into Hollywood with some human features, you know, and give them a bit of money to make a film, and then that's how we're going to take over the world. It's um, it's one of those things that you, you sort of can't help but look at, and it becomes quite infectious. And you, like to be fair, he's very engaging, but not in the sense that he's engaging because of his act. He's just he's just an entertaining person you can like put him in the room and his little like <laughs> <laughs> his, little, his little his little weird laugh and his just creepiness about it like you can't, <laughs> don't worry about it don't worry about it Lisa <laughs> it's just yeah it's 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 crack up it's crack up and and yeah. they did a I think like, did, was it Seth Rogen or something thing he did a movie about it Greg Sestero who plays Mark who's um Johnny's best friend Johnny's played by Tommy Wiseau of course Greg Sestero wrote a book called the greatest worst movie of all time Seth Rogen and James Franco actually got hold of this and thought we're going to make this into a film James Franco he plays Tommy Wiseau and he actually gets his brother I think it's Dave Franco to play Greg there was actually another film and it was like a parody of The Room and you know who they are as people because Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero were actually friends before they made this film you know they, they are absolute polar opposites in terms of personality and who they are but you know they went to a Hollywood acting school and then they thought yeah well no one's going to hire us because no one knows how talented we are so we've got to make our own film and so you know it came out it flopped they wrote they wrote a film about it and James Franco and, and Seth Rogen made The Disaster Artist yeah so that's another film that we would actually once you've finished watching The Room we would encourage you to actually watch The Disaster Artist because you will absolutely piss yourself laughing when you see James Franco's portrayal of Tommy Wiseau it is absolute gold <laughs> It's just you know to find out they're actually mates in real life. Yeah, you can just see the conversations between them. We go, oh, those Korean jackets are they're selling well. We're not getting any jobs. Let's <laughs> should we? Why have we never? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, look. Let's 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 delve let's delve into the the black abyss of the room, mate. It's basically set in San Francisco. I think some of the other episodes that we've talked about the other films they use slow motion to stretch out the duration of the film now in this film they actually use cityscapes mm. and like some really cheesy classical music that's basically a piano and a clarinet and with a cityscape of Fran- uh, San Francisco say like it'd be the skyline of the city at night or the opening credits for the film it's basically the Golden Gate Bridge it's, it's sort of a running theme isn't it really with, with a lot of these films how can we elongate the, the thing because it's, yeah. well, it's about an hour and a half it's an hour and 40 minutes uh, an hour and 40 minutes long yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's so, you know, so it's sort of dragged out. I'd say a good, a good 20 minutes of that is lovely footage of San Francisco, which I haven't been, but looks looks delightful. Now, the other thing that I'll just before we start talking through what actually happens in the film, when Tommy Wiseau was actually making this film, they could have used real outdoor locations like alleyways, rooftops and all this sort of stuff. But he absolutely insisted that those locations were actually built in a studio. <laughs> that's one of the things in Disaster Artist, the sort of piss-take version of the room, that Seth Rogen actually says, why the hell is this being played out in a studio? Why can't we just film it in the alleyway? And Tommy Wiseau says, oh man, it's Hollywood. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's where the eight million went. Carpenters were clearing up in, in, in San Francisco around that time. Yeah, But look, but so it sort of starts off, it's sort of like panning um, uh, San Francisco and stuff, and then it just sort of cuts into this guy coming home from work or something Johnny it? yeah basically Johnny arrives home and it's almost immediately apparent that he can't act he's never met an acting coach in his life it's like someone is pretending to be a human like I say you know he could be an alien life form yeah he, he sort of walks in the door and then and then first things first it just sort of cracks you up is just his voice hi hi Lisa <laughs> hi. <laughs> 
<laughs> and what what strikes me is he just he looks like Dracula, but Dracula on the spectrum. Yeah, there exactly. Is, there, yeah. there is absolutely no doubt about that. And Tommy Wiseau apparently he did want to insert some sort of scene with a flying car and him as a vampire in it. I don't know where that would have fitted into the storyline, but that's what he wanted to do. But someone someone somehow managed to talk him out of that. He's gone. This is this is a love story set in San Francisco, mate. You can't have vampire cars floating about. No, no. I sort of wish he had done it. It would it, have added an extra element to it <laughs> and left it open for the room two, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So so basically Johnny arrives home and his you know his gorgeous fiance Lisa's waiting there and he, he buys her a dress yeah. and uh, she opens the box and beautiful red dress and she says uh, she says to him, Oh, can I try it on? And he goes, Sure, it's yours. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Straight and then he says, like, I'll do anything for my girl. So made sense because I didn't realise when we first started watching it that he'd actually, like, done the script as well. Yeah. And it's it's so basic, isn't it? There's no deep and meaningful conversations at all. Yeah. yeah. And then and then we get a knock at the door. And, the, and it's like, th- this is where you, you know, right, okay, we've got some shit acting. It looks like one of those, like, soft porn sort of bloody f- films. Not, like, like, not that I spent my time <laughs> watching those. Really? No, but yeah. like American sort of sitcoms, like yeah. really bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's that sort of thing. So you got that. And then all of a sudden, it goes from there to just take a, you know, a hard left into into batshitville yeah and so so this this like creepy young neighbor denny denny no but he's like their son he's like their adopted son almost but, but it's n- the thing about this film is nothing's ever explained like no. these characters just like waft in and out and he's like um he's like oh hey guys my name's denny and whatever else and he's he's like this weird sort of kid but he's a teenager and he's weirdly creepy with his missus straight off the bat and he's just like yeah <laughs> yeah it's really then. odd and like johnny's sat there having given lisa this dress that she's now got on and johnny says oh i want to go upstairs for a nap and then he goes oh maybe i can come w- what sorry <laughs> <laughs> Read the room, Denny. Yeah, and I'm actually thinking, what, is this some sort of weird pseudo-incestual, bisexual, like, sort of relationship that we've got going here? Is this going to set the scene for the whole film? But no. So then they go up to the bedroom and they're sort of rolling around on the bed and it's all very passionate. And meanwhile, Denny's downstairs, like, looking upstairs, thinking, oh, I'm going to go up there. So he just wanders up there and thinks... Yeah, I'm just going to go and watch. Absolutely outrageous behaviour. And yeah. then gets involved in the pillow fight. He actually, yeah, like there's Johnny and Lisa rolling around on the bed and he actually like falls into them and they're all laughing. Oh, what do you oh, like, Denny? Oh, don't worry about it. Classic Denny. Yeah. What does he think he's doing? That's all very odd. And then they basically say to Denny, get lost. Basically. <laughs> yeah, look, mate, you've yeah. overstayed your welcome. Yeah. Then it cuts the next morning. And so Lisa's sitting there on the sofa and her mum comes round. Yeah. And then Lisa goes, oh, I hate Johnny. He's all boring. Yeah, just like I thought, you just had mad passionate love with him the night before. You've changed the tune, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah. can we just quickly say, can we go back to this this sort? I don't want to deconstruct the the you know this. I don't want to sound like a you know a weirdo or anything here. Mm. But just to give everyone sort of an idea of of what happens is like there's like this creepy sort of slow jams R and B music in the background. And yeah, and then it's just like constantly like blocked out by by Johnny going yeah (laughs) 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 like Lisa doesn't moan at all you know it's just it's just him going (laughs) (laughs) Lisa I love you baby (laughs) yeah 
And so Lisa's mum was saying, oh, no, you've got to stay with him. You've got to marry him and all this sort of stuff. You don't know where you're going with your life. <laughs> yeah, just like giving the daughter no sense of confidence. You're worth nothing. Just stay with him. He leaves a rose on her bed in the morning. Like, That's right, Making yeah. an effort. Like, yeah. They're seven years in the relationship. She, I think she calls Mark. Mark is Johnny's best friend. And at this point, we know, you know, Lisa's, you know, she's got designs on Mark. She finds Johnny boring, so she's going to have an affair with Mark. Now, the one thing that I did pick up on this here, and I thought this is absolutely disgusting. Lisa gives Mark a glass of red wine out of a champagne Oh my flute. God, I've got the notes right here. Yeah. I've got the notes right here. I I've could not believe that. Pours red wine in champagne glass. That and is... I've just put tramp. <laughs> <laughs> so uncouth. <laughs> Oh, and she goodness. actually gets called a tramp throughout the whole film. So yeah. I think it sets the scene. She's got no class. She thinks that red wine in a champagne glass is seductive. Right, unless <laughs> unless she's you know come back for the '80s sparkling red wine Lambrusco. Thank you. Yep. The uh, the old wine degree coming in there. Yeah. But um, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Putting red wine in a champagne flute. Oh yeah, tramp. Yeah, <laughs> she gets called a tramp quite a few times throughout the film. <laughs> but you you sort of so then so then this guy comes over. And you're like, okay, well, she's obviously not keen as keen as, as as we thought in the first scene on on a current man. You've got this guy coming over, yeah. But you don't, again, you don't really know what's what their relationship because he seems like not even bothered. No. He's like, come over. He's like, yeah, all right, see you in a bit, yeah. type thing. Mm. And then we realise like when she's trying, is she trying to seduce him? Have they had an affair before? You can't tell. Can you, you can't. It's no. just like he just comes in and then he's a bit awkward with it, and he's like, we really he's like, oh, do well, this. What, what are you doing? You know, I'm best friends with Johnny and all this sort of thing. But anyway, he rejects her. But then they just screw on the stairs anyway. You know, yeah, <laughs> uncomfortable. I think it was only the second sex scene, but it's unnecessarily long. Oh, and yeah. it's it's we're about fifteen minutes into the film, and again, slow jams. It's a different <laughs> tune. Yeah, and again, it's like Mark now going. Yeah. <laughs> now I think it was like a a, a sort of unknown R and B artist, Krista Williams. I think she sang a couple of songs on this on the soundtrack. This is absolutely outrageous knowledge, Sam. The soundtrack does not save this film at all. Like some of the other films that we reviewed, the soundtrack saves it. Krista Williams, yeah, she's. Probably got a bit of a good voice, but she's not great. No, you know? no, no, yeah. no. Some, something like Roses for Me or something like that yeah. is the song. Oh, so that plays again. <laughs> it actually cuts, and this is one of my favourite scenes in the movie, where Johnny basically pulls up outside the florist in his white Mercedes. You know, this guy's doing well. Yeah, And so he walks into the flower shop, walks up the counter, and the, the lady behind the counter... <laughs> She goes, didn't realise it was you when, when he's about two foot away from her. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then he buys some roses. And then she goes, oh, thanks, you're my favourite customer. <laughs> you didn't even recognise him when he walked yeah. in the shop. Yeah, that's a salesman. <laughs> that is yeah. an absolute salesperson, I should say. Yeah, that's such a man. He's, <laughs> oh, I have 12 roses, please. <laughs> he's not our favourite customer. No. And then it, we go to Lisa's apartment. She's on the phone. She, she orders a half and half pizza. Which sounds odd. It's what's it? Canadian ham and pineapple, and then artichoke and pesto. What is that pizza? We all know she's having the Hawaiian. If she's pouring red wine in champagne flutes, mate, she's she's having the Hawaiian pizza. Yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah. And then Denny comes around again. This is hilarious. This bit. So Denny comes around, knocks on the door. Lisa opens it. She's just ordered the pizza. She goes, "Oh, look, Denny, I'm busy." Do you want a drink? And it's like, what? I thought you were busy. What are you offering him a drink for? <laughs> she is. That's where that's where the brilliance of the uh, uh, you know the writing comes in from 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 our man. So Johnny comes back, doesn't he? Yeah, he didn't get the promotion. He didn't get the promotion. No. So the mother-in-law is you know really good. I think we have to go. Look. So the mother-in-law is like this like sort of uppity, isn't she? Sort of a you know 
oh, you gotta you gotta be with a successful man who's got money who can look after you. I mean, this isn't a very progressive yeah. storyline, <laughs> no. to be fair. It, um, she's just she's just at home all day. Yeah, it's yeah. weird, isn't it? I don't know what Lisa actually does. She's just, just ordering ordering pizza. Say so he gets home, he hasn't got the job. Yeah. Th- this part actually struck me because he sort of sits down on the couch and then she's like, oh, do you want a drink? And he's like, you know I don't you drink. Know I don't, you know I don't drink. So <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, yeah, and he laughs like, you know I don't drink. <laughs> Lisa! And then, and then, so you're thinking, oh, okay, well, m- well maybe he's, you know, maybe he's an alcoholic. Yeah. Or he's got a problem. Maybe there is a little bit more to this character. Yeah, you know? we don't know about the bit of a backstory. Yeah, something. maybe he's a little bit numb. Maybe he is a little bit frozen because, you know, he hasn't had a drink. He's had a dark past. But no, she just basically forces him to drink. So she walks in with two drinks, what looks like two glasses of whiskey, and yeah. then pours vodka into it. I mean, it does, <laughs> does. She's making them have a drink, all right? Yeah, um, oh yeah. Look, this is Long Island iced teas. <laughs> And then, Friday. So you can imagine it like progresses through the evening. You know, they're getting a bit more drunk. And then it, there's a scene where she's basically taken his tie off and tied it around her head. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. How can we portray ourselves to be drunk? Oh, that's hilarious. What is this? A school disco? I used to remember you like in a school disco, like yeah. your leavers do. Yeah, where you put, you a, get, tie yeah, you put a tie on your head. When you were really pissed up, when you were about 16 or something. <laughs> the points are racking up against Lisa it. Yeah. So she's, you know, the, we've already talked about the red wine and the champagne food. She's ordered her Hawaiian pizza. Yeah. Now she's just putting. She's forcing Johnny to drink. She's forcing Johnny to drink. She's having spirits on top of spirits. <laughs> yeah. She's an absolute mess. She is a wild woman. <laughs> she, 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 she's a wild woman. She really woman. is. Yeah. And, then, and then we go into another painfully. You know, another slow jams R and B sex scene. Yeah, for probably about another four or five minutes of they unnes- are long. unnecessary, and we see Lisa's tits again. They are long. Yeah, they are very long. And then we get to the bit where Lisa's organising a secret party for Johnny because it's his birthday coming up. So she's there with her mum, giving Lisa a hard time, saying, "Oh, you've got to marry him. You know, don't walk yeah. away from yeah. him." By the way, I've got breast cancer. And then Lisa goes, "Oh, don't worry about it. It'll be all right." Yeah, <laughs> and then she just makes up the hitter. Yeah, like, oh, just, he hit me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, oh, it didn't. doesn't matter about your breast cancer. Johnny hit me. Yeah. <laughs> just completely sort of iced over the fact that her mum's told her this devastating news, and yeah. it's just put to the back of my mind. Shocking. Yeah. And that's the only time that actually gets mentioned. At no point in the film does Lisa go to her mum. Oh, have you got the letter for chemo or something like that? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just, she literally says, Oh, don't worry about it. It'll be all right. A yeah. bit like, I think Tommy, you know, Johnny or Tommy Wiseau's characters brushing, uh, you know, rubbing off on, on Lisa because she's like, Oh, don't worry about it. You know, she's trying to, she's trying to convince the mum for her not to be with the man that she's protect- she's engaged to and she's going to marry. Yeah. Like, it's just. And the theme, one of the themes with the mum as well, that she basically hates every relationship that she's been in, but yeah. she's forcing her daughters to be in a relationship that she doesn't want to be in. Yeah. It's like, oh, don't be like me, just do what I say. And completely know? glosses over the fact that, if all right, okay, at this point, you've got your daughter there, she's gone, right, he's just knocked me about mm. last night. So much like the breast cancer, she's like, yeah, oh, well. Because he was know. drinking. Yeah, yeah. And that didn't happen. Yeah. yeah. And that's just glossed over. Oh, well, you know, boys will be boys almost. See, like, yeah. they don't even talk about it. I'd be like, what do you, what, sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, leave him right away, you know, yeah. get your stuff and leave. Absolutely yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but then the funny, this is another funny bit, interesting bit to say the least. There's basically this random couple that are friends of Lisa's and they turn up to Lisa's flat, obviously, to have sex. They just start messing around on the sofa and the guy goes, oh, baby, don't you know that chocolate is the symbol of love? 
Is it? Well, sorry, that's fucking news to me. Okay. <laughs> when was chocolate the symbol of love? I thought he, aphrodisiac, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and an aphrodisiac. But then, obviously, Lisa and her mum arrive back home. Lisa's mum goes, oh, it's worse than Grand Central Station in here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one, two other people <laughs> in the flat. <laughs> sorry, love. <laughs> used to, used to like, just not be around anyone. For and it's at this point, I've actually written down in the notes, it's like everyone was given completely set different sets of acting rules or yeah. like directions to act. You know, like Tommy Wiseau, who's the producer and director of the film, as well as being Johnny, the main main character, he like whispered different acting directions in people's ears and just said, I'll go with it, you know, because yeah. it is so disparate. You know, yeah. what, what the way that people act and the scenarios that they're in in this film are just completely disconnected. I think the disconnection is something that comes up quite a lot. So again, in this scene, and you're starting to see a little bit of a trend here. So in this scene with the two couples, again, none of this is explained. No. They just wander into the house and they just get, they just get it on willingly and they're like, you know, got chocolates and they're, you know, doing this weird like thing you do as teenagers where you got they're like biting off the chocolate. Biting off the th- chocolate and, and eating it in each other's like, mouth like and like then kissing. Kissing it. Yeah. It's just like, oh, for God's sake, get a grip. Yeah. Um... <laughs> They're coming. The girlfriend <laughs> is obviously renting out the house for sex, so that's that's <laughs> that's what I got out of it. Yeah. Um, now we do get to a pretty pivotal scene here on the rooftop. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah so yeah. basically, Denny's on the rooftop. So this is the you know the little weirdo. Yeah, the little weirdo that that can't take um, a hint. Yeah, he got, he, but wants a threesome with uh, with Johnny and Lisa, and so he's on the on the rooftop with this guy who you know is a bit of a punk. This guy pulls a gun on Denny, saying. Where's my fucking money, man? Give me my money. Oh, yeah. De- Denny's in deep. Yeah, Dan- Denny's in deep shit, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. He's, yeah. he's been messing around. And he sort of looks like he could... To be fair, that's the only character... Like, you sort of think that he's obviously had a bit of a difficult upbringing. He's an orphan. Then he was going to adopt him. You know, he, yeah. he could have turned to drugs... And then, all of a sudden, everyone that we've met so far in the film bursts onto the rooftop, going, what's going on? So there's Lisa, Johnny, Mark, and Lisa's mum. Yeah, all of a sudden turn up. Fucking hell. <laughs> and so mum. Johnny and, uh, and Mark, like, wrestle this guy who's got the gun and, like, take him downstairs, going, oh, we'll take him to the cops. Yeah. Ah, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so Lisa's going to, to Danny, going, oh, you know, wh- what's happened? Why, why is this man threatening you? And... And uh, Danny goes, oh, I owe him money. And then on for about the next three or four minutes, Lisa keeps saying, what kind of money? Yeah, yeah. What, what kind <laughs> of money do you owe him? What, what kind of money do you owe him? How many euros? <laughs> Is it euros or dollars? And then Danny basically confesses that he's been buying drugs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Doesn't, doesn't specify which drugs. No, or, or in fact, if he even used them. Yeah. Yeah, or what he needed the money for, because Johnny's paying for his apartment. Absolutely <laughs> ludicrous. Just yeah. get the money off Johnny, mate. Look, I think what we get out, what I got out of that is Denny's little bitch. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it starts like crying. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's yeah. so dramatic. Yeah. Do you know one thing I noticed is that the, the the mother-in-law, when everyone's up on the roof, she didn't say anything about being overcrowded. Then it wasn't Piccadilly Circus. Then was it? Yeah, no, it wasn't no, Grand Central Station. <laughs> Piccadilly Circus. <laughs> Oh, and that's the last we hear of the gunman that was holding the, the, the gun to Danny's head that obviously Johnny took him to the police station and that was it. Uh, maybe that was just a, a way to say, oh, look, Johnny's protecting him. Yeah, I think so. You know, this, yeah. little, this little weirdo that he's yeah. decided to adopt. This is, I think, one of the hidden messages if we were to psychoanalyse the film. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> well, then we start in a plate. So this is the part that confused me because it's called The Room and there's probably three or four different spaces that most of the film and the rooftop gets like 
heaps of airtime. The rooftop, and this is quite funny actually, because the rooftop was actually shot on green screen. They could have shot it on a real rooftop, but they didn't because Tommy Wiseau wanted to make it like Hollywood, man. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Just <laughs> <laughs> a decision making. Yeah, so they're on the rooftop again. Yeah, so yeah. on the and it's just Johnny and Mark here, and they're like sort yeah. of sort of joshing. And I, but one thing that just just absolutely just hit me like a bolt of lightning was Johnny's outfit. He's wearing like tracksuit bottoms. Remember the ones that were like cuffed at the bottom, and they'd have like those elastic uh, tighteners on like the side of the leg. Yeah. They were like big in like the early 2000s or like late 90s thing. So he has a pair of those, these like ridiculous like black shoes on. Yeah. And he's got like a vest and then just like a suit jacket. Yeah, that looks really odd. It's such a strange look. Yeah. And Mark, like his mates, just like dressed normally. Yeah, it's not even sort of mid 90s fashion. This is, this is like just odd fashion. Again, Tommy Wiseau is an alien. <laughs> this goes down to my theory. Yeah. Lock this man up. Um, but yeah, it, you know, there's a common theme then throughout that that sort of Lisa wants to leave Johnny, really. Yeah, yeah, and and Danny, yeah, he's still got this sort of undying love for for Lisa and won't let it go. Really, yeah, yeah. sort of swoons over her quite a lot. But it comes to a little bit of a halt in the next scene where where Lisa and Johnny come to blows. Yeah, and they have a bit like, of an argument, yeah, don't they? Bit, yeah, have yeah. a bit of a bit of a bust up, and it all comes out. Lisa's yeah. like hinting at that you're a massive loser. Yeah, you didn't get the promotion. And Johnny's response is largely, "Oh, don't worry about it." Yeah, they, they, it's weird. <laughs> okay, <laughs> honestly, watch the film, you'll see it. <laughs> but it, it sort of goes back and forth, back and forth, and then it it, it actually does get a little bit because she's like, it gets really heightened, and she's like, "Look." hinting at oh, I don't want to be with you he's like keeps pushing on the couch which yeah pushes bit, her over twice yeah, which yeah. I, don't, I didn't agree with I thought that's yeah. know, that's outrageous a bit violent and then mm. she just sort of goes upstairs and then he's like oh it's okay I forgive you and she's like I'll forgive you too I'm going to bed <laughs> now she's talking like Johnny so I just get you're left with so many questions as to why have they cut certain scenes out of this film that's left me wondering what the fuck is going on yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, because the next scene is a weird scene of like a whole what a whole load of guys would do if they were mates in. They sort of go to this alleyway oh. with an American football. And this is remember, this is actually not in a real alleyway. This is in a studio that Tommy Wiseau wanted built to look like the actual alleyway, and it's within a space of about four foot square. And they go, oh, let's go out into the alleyway and play football. And they're like, they like just, and it, they're not playing football. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not massively uh, well versed with with American football, but you know, they're just sort of all joshing, aren't they? And they're, they're standing next to each other, just chucking almost the ball next to each other. other. The, the ball is travelling about six inches yeah. through the air <laughs> between yeah. their hands. It's so more like hot potato. <laughs> yeah, than, totally. Uh, than yeah, than yeah. And then Mark, there's this other guy there, Mike. And Mark like tries to throw the ball to uh, to Mike, but it just pushes him over by accident. It just smashes him into a like, into the a load bins, of, a load of bins. Yeah. And Mike, if, uh, uh, if if you don't know who he is, or you won't <laughs> at this point, but he's uh, he's the chocolate guy with with the bird. Oh, who that's went right. Yeah, the apartment. Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, indeed, so yeah, yeah. So it's all links, you know. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, he just sort of pushes him over, and they're like, "Do you want to take him to the hospital?" It's like, "All right." Yeah, Greg or whatever. Take him to the hospital because he's fallen into a bin. Oh, mate, get up. <laughs> Dust yourself off. Pathetic. Yeah. yeah. Now, this next scene is one of my favourites. Lisa and uh, her mum are talking about Johnny, and he sees them and, and hears what they're saying. And uh, he basically says, oh, I'm going to record them. 
and he basically gets a um like a, a tape recorder you know from the sort of 90s and puts a c90 cassette in it so let's bear in mind that these cassettes will have 45 minutes recording time on each side yeah so he basically says, sets this recorder up, presses record and play at the same time, so you know it's recording straight away. We don't see the recorder again for another four days. <laughs> <laughs> again, going back to the original theory that he is an alien. Yeah. With these alien-like recorders. Yeah, yeah, no, that's 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 just us. Which is, I just think is, yeah, ridiculous that... Like he, he sort th- of puts it underneath the... <laughs> he tries to hide it underneath the bed stand or something. Yeah. So I don't know how it picks <laughs> up at the end when they're like, he's listening back to a corner. I don't really, you know, yeah. sorry. Um, sorry yeah. for reveal. Um, <laughs> what do you call it when you reveal something? Spoiler. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Spo- spoiler alert, everyone. Oh, God, no. He does actually take advantage of this. It's not one of those plot lines that just gets forgotten about yeah, like quite a lot of others in this Very film. much, very much uh, comes comes up. But yeah, he's sort of yeah. waiting in the wings listening to her, so he ch- decides to chuck the... And he's got no inner monologue. No. That's the other thing. Like, you would think, all right, he's gone up. He's, he's quite clear he's got the control, but he's sort of telling you what he's doing, why he's doing it. Yeah. Oh, I'll get the recorder and put the tape I'm going to record them. Uh, <laughs> I will get you. Yeah. <laughs> um... Next scene. Who the fuck is Peter? So this like weird psychologist. <laughs> yeah, it's like a friend of Johnny or something. Yeah, you know? another mate that he's just brought in again because yeah. he had no friends blatantly in real life. So he's just making up these random characters that are his mates because he's so popular in this film. Yeah, and just just literally to talk. I think it's another character that's been made up because he's realised that he's got no friends to talk to. So he's got to make up another friend to talk to about his problems with Lisa, who is in turn supposedly a psychiatrist. Yeah. That's hinted in, in in the film. So yeah. he starts opening up about sort of uh, yeah Lisa and, and what's going on and all this sort of stuff. And and he's sort of like, oh, don't worry about it, isn't he? Just, just shit advice. Yeah, and it, this is you think, oh, well, maybe we're onto something here. Maybe because Pete, Peter is actually a, a half decent actor. Yeah, he's not you know, bad. You, yeah. th- you actually think, oh shit, thank God, you know, a, an actor that can actually act. And then the scene just basically fizzles into nothing. Mark, um, Lisa turns up. No, Mark turns up, says that he's got a girl, which we know is Lisa. Um, And then Lisa turns up, and then Denny turns up, and then Mark leaves, and then Peter leaves, and that's the end of the scene. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Which is just fucking baffling. And and, and to be fair, like, Johnny, um, who's who's Johnny's mate? Mark. Yeah, Mark, sorry. So Mark's taking the absolute biscuit here, comes over to his mate's house, sits there, and starts talking openly about his mate's missus who's banging. That yeah, he's like, oh, I've girl. got a girl, but she's married. Yeah. You know. Guy code, mate. Yeah. Absolutely outrageous. Ridiculous. Outrageous yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, any code, not even guy code. It's just, it's just <laughs> shit yeah, human. Yeah, just an ordinary moral. But what strikes me about, because then it's sort of like the film geared towards this sort of relationship between Mark and Lisa. And they're like, literally... Mark never looks he always looks uncomfortable around her he never looks that bothered and when they're kissing it's just like he's he's not there no he's not, he's not enjoying I it I think you can understand why Greg Sestero and Tommy Wiseau had to make this film because no acting agencies or studios would take them because fuck they cannot act for they're, shit they're terrible yeah they are but awful. that's why they are now famous because they can't act yeah yeah so swings and roundabouts yeah you know, it was they were v- they were v- they're very 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 lucky to, to to even have been acknowledged. But yeah, having said that, it is gold. I think Greg just falls into the abyss of terrible actors that never made anything of themselves. Yeah, Tommy's the the absolute star. 
Yeah. And he's carried them because he's such a creep and he's such a weirdo. That's mm. just carrying everything and obviously made it. He's, he's like a cult actor. He is now, yeah, um, definitely. I think the next scene's like, well, again, it's guy, it's a guy moment. And th- this, for me, is just mental, Sam. This is one of the most ridiculous scenes. Again, it's one of those scenes where like the attitude and the action is flipped li- literally within a second. Yeah, yeah. It it just talk us it, through it, mate. It, do, it doesn't make sense. We, we, I hope we're on the same one. You know, I showed up with the all dressed up, or the tuxedos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tuxedos. So, yeah. so anyway, we cut to this scene, and I'm thinking it's the wedding day. Yeah, you think oh they've they've all got the tuxedos on, which are fucking awfully fitted tuxedos. Oh, mate, have you seen what Gre- Greg's one? Yeah, <laughs> it <laughs> looks <laughs> like it looks like MC Hammer or Mark. It's Greg Sestero. Greg Sestero is the actor. Mark. Mark Mark's the character. <laughs> yeah, and Danny actually says, "Oh, you look so." Amazing, and it's like he's wearing a bloody bin bag. <laughs> yeah, it's hammer time. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. It's um, yeah, ridiculous. But but so we're thinking, oh, it's the wedding. You know, they, they're going through with it. Okay, right. This, you know, maybe they've just sort of buried it or whatever. Or it's going to get a bit messy. But yeah, and Danny's got his fucking football with him again. Oh, fuck <laughs> off, Danny. Danny, put your fucking football <laughs> down. You can play. Sake, <laughs> can you not turn up to a scene in this film without the football in your hands? <laughs> yeah, we, we will see, mate. You wouldn't last two minutes on a football field. Yeah, mate. it's we'll like, like literally about four foot six. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all the drugs he was buying were steroids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are these drugs he's buying? Why can't he take them? <laughs> oh, sorry, Danny, you're hard. <laughs> or bought some pencil sharpenings. Yeah. yeah, and so Danny says, "Oh, why don't we go outside and play football in the tuxedos?" Peter, the psych- psychologist, psychoanalyst, he's not He's not keen at all, is he? He doesn't. He said, no, 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 no. But then he says, oh, oh, go on. And so he agrees. Yeah. (laughs) And they start calling him a chicken, don't they? And they're like, yeah, but they start going, chip, chip. No, everyone knows it's like, yeah, (laughs) that's the standard, isn't it? You don't just go, chip, 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 (laughs) chip, 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 chip. just ridiculous <laughs> and so that's enough to apparently get Peter get them out all outside but why are they in the tuxedos it's never explained it, it, the wedding doesn't happen on that day nothing there's nothing no, happens there's no wedding there's no nothing they go outside and play football for literally two seconds and then Peter falls over and they have to go inside again they take him to hospital they're dropping yeah. like flies yeah totally yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, next to a really fucking irrelevant scene, next one, they go to a cafe, and in fact, the baristas in the cafe are better actors. They're not trained actors at all. You can tell they're just people that work in the fucking cafe. You can tell that they're, you know, they're so much, they're just down to earth, normal people. They're not trying to act whatsoever. Really nice, yeah. Yeah, and th- these are like the little hidden messages, I think. Johnny orders a hot chocolate, yeah, and Mark... Orders a mint tea. I think this is testament. There's some underlying fucking messages here about their characters and who they are, you know? Then all of a sudden, Johnny has to go. This scene is irrelevant, basically. He says, oh, we'll organise a run or a football game for tomorrow. And then um, Mark says, oh, yeah, let's meet at uh, Golden Gate Park at 6.30 in the morning. And I know, Jareth, this is one of your favourite scenes. Yeah, yeah. Look, but firstly, because they take a cab. Yeah. Who takes a cab <laughs> to a run, firstly? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely ludicrous. They pull up in a cab. <laughs> he's got a really nice car. He can just drive and park it somewhere. He's got a white Mercedes, for God's sake. More money than sense. Yeah. All those Korean jackets. Yeah. <laughs> and he turn, turns up in a cab in the in the most stunning outfit. It's, it's, again, it's, it's, it's borderline as ridiculous as the ensemble he wears on the rooftop a few scenes ago. But yeah. 
he shows up <laughs> and time runs out and he's got these like baggy shorts on he's just an absolute weird and he's got like these bright red like proper American football fingerless gloves yeah and they run through Golden Gate Park like chucking the ball to each other and then then uh, Johnny wrestles Mark to the floor like yeah. our good buddies you know oh, oh, yeah. oh, lads, 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 lads. homoerotic almost yeah it is, it is yeah. definitely in, yeah. in, in, in that in that sort of in that sort of space but I, I've got a theory about the gloves yeah okay so. I've got a theory having watched him and I've got a th- this sort of joins up quite nicely with my theory because you know with them playing football and you know chucking the ball in ridiculous like hot potato like literally next to each other um you know at the best of times uh johnny's a bit of a weirdo he do, you know he doesn't really he's you know he's trying to be sporty but he hasn't he's obviously never been picked in a team when he was younger yeah. it all culminates right the gloves are because he can't catch the football in real life mm. that's what i think they're there for so they've gone look chuck some gloves on him yeah the other because thingy he actually's throwing pretty good passes like you can tell Greg's a little bit of a, you know, he's probably like he's got a little side thing. He's getting a good spin on the yeah, ball. Yeah, totally. You know, yeah. brilliant. But Johnny's there, sort of throwing it like a, like you would a, I don't know, a, <laughs> <laughs> a, ball, a ball of condoms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please tune in for episode four to understand that reference. But yeah, literally like a yeah, like a massive ball of condoms. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what he's he's saying. Like, but yeah, just a ridiculous scene mm. where it's sort of you know, th- but the friendship's there. Then it cuts back to mother and daughter, and I, I'm pretty sure they're having the same fucking conversation. Yeah, every t- single time <laughs> it becomes. And this is the bit where Claudette, Lisa's mum, goes, "I never wanted to be married to your father." It's a bit harsh. <laughs> <laughs> and and Lisa goes, "You never told me that, <laughs> 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 Mummy." <laughs> You never told me this was the case. But then her mum goes, you've got to marry Johnny, though. You've got yeah. to marry Johnny, even though you don't love him. I didn't love your father. I didn't want yeah. to marry him, but you've got to marry Johnny. Sure, sure he knocks you about and pushes you on sofas and is a complete yeah. weirdo. Yeah. But um, but no, still marry him. He's got a bit of money. Yeah. 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 And then we get one of those scenes where it's basically a cityscape of San Francisco again for about a minute with the piano and the clarinet playing, which yeah. is riveting. Yeah. 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 I don't mind her. Piano. I think it's a transition because the next up it's Johnny's party. Oh, it's a surprise party. Yeah, this is yeah. a surprise party that Lisa's been planning all week. Yeah, and and you know what? This is where Lisa shows her true colours at this party. Yeah, it really is. Eh? I mean, she's she's a despicable human. But yeah, yeah look, the surprise party. So Johnny comes back, everyone's there, lights go on. Surprise, he's like, oh, hey, everyone, this is such a surprise. Ha, 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 don't worry about it. So it's sort of like the festivities are going on. He's saying hello to everyone. He literally cheerses everyone in the room. Yeah, probably twice as well. Yeah. yeah. Imagine being an extra. And then <laughs> in that scene, yeah, there's like 30 people in there. Mum doesn't mention, you know, God, f- f- surprise the mum showed up. She's <laughs> <laughs> probably getting some sort of, you know, she's got some sort of bloody phobia against people in a room. Yeah. It's like a million like Brand people Central Station. He's <laughs> so popular. There's a million people there. All of a sudden, Lisa just says to everyone, right, everyone outside. Everyone, let's go outside. Uh, yeah, great one. Let's yeah. go outside. Yeah, and it's only because Lisa wants to stay inside and kiss Mark, isn't it? I mean, time and a place, Lisa. Yeah. Time and Not a place. Not at your bloody fiancé's birthday party or something. I mean, look, if you don't want to be with him and you're going to have an affair, have an affair. Don't do it at his birthday party. No. That is ridiculous. Yeah. She did order a whole wine pizza, though, to be fair. Yeah. So I can't say why. <laughs> um, so, but then they get busted, don't they? Yeah, they get busted by one of their friends. But again, another fucking. It's like Peter earlier in the film. This other random bloke who's just there, just like starts giving them advice and starts having a go at them. You're like, who's this guy? Yeah. It's like he goes, "What's going on here?" 
<laughs> and then Mark, this is one of the most classic scenes. Um, will you allow me to say it, Jareth? One of the most classic lines in the film. The guy has a go at Mark for snogging Lisa. And Mark says, leave your stupid comments in your pocket. Because yeah. <laughs> that's where you put... So cutting. If someone ever said that to me, I would surely have to withdraw from society. He's a witty guy. And that's yeah. really where the writing comes into its, comes into its own. Because yeah. Yeah. leave your comments in your pocket leave your stupid comments in your pocket oh stupid I yeah forgot about the stupid part yeah because w- when i'm looking for like witty retorts i always pull them out of my pocket yeah yeah exactly <laughs> didn't oscar wilde originally come up with that <laughs> lisa to me is an absolute scumbag yeah because she's like she's kicked everyone out at a fella's party she's now necking on with the with with the best mate with Mark, she gets yeah. caught then she makes up this this lie that she's pregnant. Yeah, and Johnny announces to everyone that they're pregnant. Yeah, he's yeah. like, we're expecting everyone, and everyone's yeah. like, yeah, sweet man. Like, yeah. and, and she's there, and then she's and it cuts to her. She everyone's going whatever, and she's sort of revealed that it's a lie, and she's yeah. just made it up. Then she starts downing a drink. She said, "Oh, I said that I was going to sound. I said that I'm pregnant to keep it interesting." What? what? Ticket? You keep... can't do this, Lisa. You no. cannot. You can't just make these decisions no. and string people along. No. And it, it finally, finally kicks it off. Finally comes to a head, and there's a fight. Yeah. yeah. It's and it's the worst fight I've ever seen in a film. There are more people trying to drag Mark and Johnny away from each other than there are actually punches thrown. They sort of get separated. Then a few seconds, Lisa comes in and stirs it up again, and then they go at each other again, and then it cuts to Johnny. He's locked himself in the bathroom. So and the mum and the daughter have a catch-up. I don't understand how it transitioned. That basically everyone must have. I think did Johnny tell everyone to leave or something? I don't know. Or but this time, know. at this point, I'm like, fuck off, mum. Seriously, yeah. like just. But yeah, he, he's sort of in there. Le- then Lisa like has a bit of a revelation. This is what's so weird. She has like a revelation, and she's like, oh no, he's a good bloke. And then then she speaks to Mark and says, oh, you know, I want to be with you. And Mark says, oh, come on up, baby. Yeah, but yeah. bring your... B- I want your body. Yeah, I want your body. Creepy. <laughs> yeah, a bit weird. But this is the bit where, like, Johnny, he basically pulls out the recorder. You know, <laughs> he set the recorder four days ago on a one-sided tape that played for 45 minutes four days ago. <laughs> and and he's somehow he's managed to capture... The last three minutes of phone calls on her phone. Perfectly edited <laughs> yeah. at the exact times where she's, you know, doesn't have to fast forward through any, you know, days of recordings. It's it's all there. Oh, this is like, the ending of the film is just, it's gold because Johnny starts off a meltdown. And this is so entertaining. This is just brilliant. So he's in the bathroom. I'd like Lisa's you to make, can, Jared, sorry, can you make some of the noises that he makes? He's like, yeah. <laughs> when he's trashing this. This place. is my moment. This is, this is my absolute moment. <laughs> Lisa, <laughs> why you do this? Why you do this to me? Starts smashing. He's pulling out drawers. He's like smashing shit up. Like, but he's doing it like a. He's like the scarecrow man in the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, he's just like, like with his limbs like are just stuck <laughs> and everywhere. There's no. It's no wonder he can't catch an American football. Fuck and then up. he starts pulling the drawers out of a chest of drawers. Pulls the fir- the top two out and then just pushes the rest of them over. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing the rest of them. Uh, then he finds the red dress. Oh, no. But no, the classic, the bit that I love that I've got to mention 
he picks the TV up. And I'm thinking, please, please, please throw it out the fucking window. And it goes out the window. <laughs> You're like, I'm like, yes. Fucking <laughs> there he is. Yeah. The boys. But then, yeah, he finds Lisa's dress, the red dress that he bought <laughs> he her can't, at the I'll tell you what, he can't throw a football, but he can fucking throw a TV, mate. Yeah, he can throw a TV out <laughs> the window. Clean shot, man, you know, yeah. yeah. So, like, slow motion of the smash. And then he's like, then he finds the uh, Lisa's red dress. And then this is where it gets creepy. Yeah. Like, like this guy is so weird looking. He's so weird looking. He's like, he's like, you know, he's made a right mess and he's in the room and he's pulled perfectly pulled off all the sheets. I mean, he could have got a job in a, yeah. in a hotel. Yeah, perfectly yeah. pulls but off he the sheets. Pulled sheet. all the all the sheets and the pillows and yeah. the duvet off the bed and just dumped them on the yeah, floor. Just dumped them off. Are you doing a wash or? <laughs> do you need to? Do you need to do it? it? Just comes off in one movement, just perfectly. You know, he's got a real talent, to be fair. Um, but then he's sort of, you know, he's sort of amongst the sheets. And he finds, you know, he sort finds of the red dress. finds a red dress that he's bought her in the first scene, and he he then like sort of just rubs it over his crotch, and he's like, oh, <laughs> I don't know what what the thing is. Is that meant to be like a, you know, is it a deeper sign? Is he trying to say, look, you, it's yeah, you know, it's, it's a st- I still love you, still, you know, I'm sexually in love with you. It's one of those hidden messages, I think. Yeah. yeah, and he does actually say, doesn't he? He goes, why is this happening to me? Why, why it's over? <laughs> and then, <laughs> that was pretty good, eh? That was actually, yeah. Yeah. So then he he basically finds the um he finds a gun, doesn't he? Yeah, which is which is just casually in a in a in a chest of in a box closet, that's in a open. Box he's knocked over. Like, yeah. It's like a little, you know, what you'd expect to maybe have some earrings in. Yeah, or watch little jewelry box, yeah, like jewelry yeah. box. Yeah. yeah. But no, it's got it's got a gun in there. You know, you're thinking. <laughs> All right, mate, calm down. You know, think, but no, he he turns it on himself and and blows his brains out. Yeah, I mean, the the shot is like a slow motion, like yeah, and he, like, he falls and backwards, falls and back, yeah, yeah, and then you see him there. It's like blood all over the place, got a bit of blood coming out of his mouth, and Lisa runs in. Oh God, going, oh no, oh no, Johnny, no, no. Now she loves him. Yeah, now you now she's got feelings for him, eh? And it's like, oh, she's trying to wake him up, going, oh, wake up, wake up. Absolute piss take. Mark kisses his forehead. I thought that's a bit when she like Mark leans in. Mark suddenly arrives, and then Danny arrives, of course, as well in tears because it was like his dad or yeah. sort of weird incestual threesome. He's probably getting back on the. He'll be back on the gear tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, I'll be but the but the most ridiculous thing, all right, and the whole movie comes here because they come back in. Our man Johnny, he's on the floor. There's blood everywhere. His eyes are open. He's motionless, and they're like shaking him. Is he dead? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, of course he's, he's blown dead. That, he's blown out the bracket yeah. of his brains. His brains are everywhere. What are you talking about? Then there's a bit of an argument between Mark and Lisa, and uh, Mark goes, um, "As far as I'm concerned, you can drop off the earth. That's a promise." He should have kept his comments in his pocket. Wow. You know, you hear the sirens coming, but then also the sirens of a fire truck. Yeah, <laughs> which I thought was strange, and then that's the end of the film. That is, <laughs> it cuts out. it's just left there. But this is such a stunning film. When we came to make this podcast, we wanted it to be some of the worst films ever made because we don't. We want to watch them so that you don't have to. But we're actually going to encourage you to watch this film and then also watch Seth Rogen and James Franco's follow-up, The Disaster Artist. Yeah, watch you're after. You're going to yeah. find The Disaster Artist hilarious. Now, one of there's a few talking points that I just want to talk over here, and yeah. Tommy Wiseau talks about this in an interview. There's a couple of interviews on YouTube. There's one that's a bonus interview with the DVD of the room, and there's another one that's a CNN interview with Greg. Sestero and Tommy Wiseau. In one of those interviews, Tommy, I think it's the one from the DVD, Tommy Wiseau basically says, when I came to make this film, I didn't know what camera to use, so I bought a 
35mm camera and an HD camera as well and I thought I'd shoot the film with both cameras at the same time. I can simply not tell which scenes were filmed in 35mm and which ones were in HD. You can't, you, there's no comparison, you can't tell this is now HD. I mean this is the guy who spent most of his budget on building alleyway sets for yeah. scenes that just could have been in an alleyway. Yeah, and in the interview he actually says... He's going to write a book about how it's amazing to f- shoot a film in 35mm and HD, which is still yet to be published. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. he's still working on that. So Yeah. <laughs> what year was it? 2003. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so 17 years ago. Now, as with most of the movies that we've watched so far, you know, we do a little bit of digging. I went down a few rabbit holes with this one. One of the most amazing things, again, adding to the mystery of Tommy Wiseau, is that he had a billboard for the film. I didn't mention this at the start, did I? No, no, no. no. Tommy Wiseau rented a billboard to promote the room. It was on a, you know, a prominent street somewhere in Hollywood. Tommy Wiseau actually paid for the billboard for the room to be up for Five years. It's a cost of $300,000. Now, that's a lot of Korean leather jackets. That is. That is. That's exactly 300,000 Korean leather jackets. (laughs) Dollar a piece. Cracking week this one. Lots yeah. lots for you guys to digest. Yeah. As we wrap it up, thanks again for, for joining us. What what a week. Yeah, thank you for listening, everyone. We really did enjoy this one. This was. Yeah. Uh, see you this time. Bye-bye, everyone. <laughs> Don't worry about it. This episode of Things What Not To Watch was written and produced by Jareth and Sam in the Double Bass Studio, Auckland, New Zealand. Oh, I love all shit. I'll turn it off.